Sonia Derman. I'm Maria Stabio. This is 2MF on Clock Tower Radio, clocktower.org. 2MF is a series of community meetings, open and participatory experiences that we organize collaborating with selected New York City artists. 2MF aims to encourage pro-emotive and anti-academic conversation among artists in New York City. All meetings are free and open to the public. For more information, visit the number 2manyfeelings.com. Post-meeting discussion occurs here on Clock Tower Radio. Episodes feature conversations with 2MF's facilitating artists reflecting on the recent in-person meeting. Our last meeting took place at Knockdown Center with Eric Ramos Guerrero on Friday, September 9, 2016. Eric Ramos Guerrero is a multidisciplinary artist based in New York City. He was born in the Philippines and moved to California, where he received a BA from San Diego State University. He then attended the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, where he received his BFA in 2006. The following year, he moved to New York, where Ramos Guerrero completed his MFA from Columbia University in 2009. Ramos Guerrero has shown his work in New York at the Drawing Center, El Museo del Barrio, White Box, the ISA Cultural Foundation, the Fisher Landau Center for Art, the Knockdown Center, and internationally at the Inside Out Museum, Beijing, China, Ponoy Art Space, Chiang Mai, Thailand, the Centro Cultural de la Raza in Mexico, and Chelsea College in London. Welcome, Eric Ramos Guerrero. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, in our most recent meeting, um, we basically discussed the quandary of being drawn to New York for its bohemian legacy, and after spending some time here, um, kind of realizing that that bohemia doesn't really exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and, not how we, we think of it, or like how it's portrayed right, to Right, not us. how it's... Yeah, not how it's sold. And trying to negotiate the reasons to stay in New York versus the seemingly attractive option of leaving for a cheaper and easier way of life. And then we also talked about the history of bohemian culture and the development of that archetype, specifically, I think, in in Paris. There was a lot of discussion about that. And how then that center shifted to New York with European artists moving here, popularizing it as an artist haven and destination, which kind of continues yeah. to this present day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we also talked about the movie Manhattan, uh, <laughs> directed and written by Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, and we talked about how you associated certain characters in the movie with aspects of life in New York as an artist. So. Woody Allen and Michael Murphy are the morally bankrupt intellectuals. Um, Diane Keaton is the artist who chooses to accept that and stay in New York. And Marielle Hemingway is the artist who 
sees New York for what it is and decides to leave, go to London, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's how I, I, I uh, framed it. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think of it yeah. that way. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then... Yeah, and then we ended the evening with um, playing Ouija collectively. Yeah, and we did a Ouija board. It was a pretty eventful night. Yeah, we got yeah. to, I mean, I think it was a nice, what was it, Thursday night, Friday night? Friday, Friday night. night. Yes, yeah, good yeah. Friday night. You get to watch a movie, a little bit of a movie, talk about art, and you mm-hmm. end the night playing a Ouija board. Right. <laughs> In a bar is kind of, yeah. It's kind yeah, of everything it there. <laughs> and it seemed to like open up the conversation to questions of the unknown yeah. and chance mm-hmm. and things that we can't control through summoning the ghosts, <laughs> the spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the required reading, which all of the artists prepare, mm-hmm. in your case was a playlist of pop songs, which was really enjoyable to yeah. listen to, that um, exemplify the lasting holes in this cliche of the artist, the free spirit, the outsider, Um, perhaps in a context which we've addressed a little bit that no longer really exists. So I'm wondering whether you think these stereotypes of of the artist bohemian, something that is currently beneficial in a way, um, and also whether it's harmful or or it does a disservice. I mean, uh, I think for um, if you're hanging out in some small town and you hear the stories or you're familiar with the mythology of New York as a bohemia um, and it gets you out of the town and brings you to New York, it can be beneficial in some way. Um, But I think the, like a lot of romantic notions of, I mean, love or whatever, um, it can also be harmful. Um, So it's, there's good and bad there. And, and I do think that, um, these sort of ideas are beneficial, um, just like anything else. Um, you had talked about this earlier about um, even a bad stereotype is um, beneficial as a place for one to uh, push off against, and, and it creates a context or a framing that we can then um, be critical with. So, um, like, even a bad like stereotype, like, you know, um, that it's still Bohemia here. Mm-hmm. That allows for people to disagree and try to create Bohemia, mm-hmm. right? So if mm-hmm. it's not here and there are people still coming, I think, and and there are still people coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, That's we just right. had like Bushwick sure. Open Studios last week. There's a lot of people coming and a lot of people here and they're trying to recreate it. Even as co-opted or whatever it is, it's like super commercial. I, I saw on a Facebook feed, there was like a, a book talking about Bushwick, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they had published and taking photos of like Bushwick as like this art center. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. it was like they were creating it. Huh. It was really, it was really strange. It was like, okay. But who's the they? Who's the they that's like making this book? Or well, it wasn't, or... it was a, it was a group that were trying to um, uphold that mythology. Mm, I, see. Um, I don't know the exact people. Yeah. But it was somehow it arrived on my internet feed and um, someone had gone around taking photos and trying to create a historical database or it's wow. a historical thing. But look, see, it's it's, it's, this is actually still um, a relevant place, um, even though um, as artists here in New York, we know like 
you know, rents in Bushwick, like a Bushwick studio, isn't like a Bohemia rent. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you really wanted a Bohemian or a, 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 an art practice that is fostered by a, a place, like, we'd all be in Berlin. Mm-hmm. We'd all be in Detroit because you can work for um, a couple days and then you'd be able to pay for your studio, be able to pay for food. Here, like, you're working all the time. Just and to barely maintain, getting by. Yeah, and maintaining yeah. your, you know, $900 yeah. studio in Bushwick. Oof, I know. <laughs> and you're like, look, I'm making it. This yeah. is Bohemia. It's not, it's not, that's not, and that's not what it was, you know. Initially, people right. came to, went to Paris because you could, like, the dollar was worth a lot more than the franc at that time. It was, mm-hmm. like, double the price, double the, the value. Right. So you could, like, go from the United States. And we talked, I talked about this a little bit. Like, Hemingway was, like, you could just go here and just, that's why a bunch of sleazeballs came, went, went to went to Paris because you, you, they could afford it. Expats. Yeah. Expats. They could just, like, hang out and drink and party, and their money went a long way. And um, so there were, there were a bunch of weirdos and, and also a lot of artists who decided to, you know, I mean, as I think all of us, like, weirdos are cool. You know, we're into it. But <laughs> it, it's that comes with it. And it comes with, like, um, it's all sort of based off, like, capital. You know, if it's if you don't have to pay a lot, mm-hmm. um, then it fosters a kind of freedom that um, is required in making art. Right. Well, that's see, that's interesting because maybe if we backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about what bohemia means in this context that we're talking about, and then like romance, because for example, I was looking at Bohemia last night, and it talked about how. Uh, originally, I guess it was associated with gypsies yeah. or the Romani, mm-hmm. and then um, and it was kind of seen as like people who were on the outside who didn't have a lot of money, who were kind of like outsiders, weirdos, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that term became shifted to people who were actively seeking out that lifestyle, who were choosing to live in poverty because they wanted to have an out- experience that was outside of the mainstream and wanted to live in a more artistic way. Um, And then now it seems like, I think what was kind of striking in in your presentation was I think at the outset you had mentioned a Patti Smith quote. What did she say exactly? She said... um, That that, um, it's no longer here for us, that we need to leave. Yeah, we just need to leave, (laughs) yeah. And then I I read that... Move to Detroit, I think, or something. Something like just get out, basically. Just like don't even bother. Um, And she had... She and I, you know, I read Just Kids. I read almost all of it now. But, you know, I mean, when she came here, it was totally different. I mean, she was living and working in a bookstore and was making, like, no money. and Making no money, yeah. hanging out in Chelsea when Chelsea was, like, right. like not desirable. Yeah. And, like, living in a hotel. Yeah, and it's, I mean, like, I don't even know if you could really do that in New York. I don't, I don't, I don't, know. Think you, I don't know if you could. Yeah. I mean, um... I think people do it. Yeah. I don't know if you hear stories about people in Sheepshead Bay. <laughs> I don't hear those stories. So I'm assuming that it's not happening. But also, um, maybe it's the circle of people I'm with, too. Because I think a, a lot of the um, artists that are here, we're in this generation of, like, the um, like we all went and got degrees. Yeah. And, and with that... Um, 
I mean, we go back to capital, right? We all took out loans. <laughs> we all have like a, a certain amount. Like we're thinking about that as already dictating like where we're staying and like how we're we're living our life. We're not just coming here on street with like our shoestrings anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just like we're coming here um, with with kind of extra baggage. We have extra baggage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so here with like the whole capital thing like being on the back of our minds to begin with, suggesting we go out here and like kind of sleep in the stairwell, find like a really terrible job that you're not going <laughs> to... I mean, we have more realistic expectations for um, modern living in New York City. So kind of along with that, we we talk quite a bit during the meeting about notions of success. Right, right. And like you talked about a five-year plan, yeah. which I think is quite a common thing. Yeah. Like setting goals and like how, <laughs> how do you yeah. do that? How how does one achieve satisfaction yeah. with one's work? Like um, when you have these elements of chance and right. that seem more so in the arts than in other fields, I think. Well, I mean, I think about like success or like um, – I mean, this is going to sound so art school, kind of dumb, but it's perfect. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know how you go to art school and they teach you how to make a painting? Mm-hmm. If you have, like, an idea of it, you have that idea of, like, success, what it might be, you build a structure for it, you have, like, that five-year plan, and then you paint for correction. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, you paint something down and you know something's not right, so you sort of paint for correct, you correct it, and then you, that changes the entire thing, so you change... The, Another portion of it. I've never heard this metaphor before. No. Yeah, this is interesting. I, 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 like I haven't it. really thought about it. But yeah. I, I think that's what I'm doing in the studio. I think that's what I'm doing with my life. Um, that the that I'm constantly paying for correction. So, like, I had no intention of moving to New York City. Mm-hmm. But things lined up that way. And mm-hmm. I planned accordingly as it changed. Um, and then once I was here... Um, I'm const- I feel like I'm constantly painting for a correction. And I don't know if there's a perfect painting. Mm-hmm. I think when the painting, for me at least, when the painting's done when it has to leave the studio. <laughs> but otherwise I'll be thinking about it. And I, I think about my life a little bit that way. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly um, like what's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then step back, what's wrong with my life? And I think I need to put some bold color in the front, yeah. maybe push this other thing back or maybe take it off the stretchers and cut it up. Or, I don't know. <laughs> it just, you know, that's the kind of yeah. thing I think um, we have to do in New York or we have to do as artists in mm-hmm. general just because there's no, like, I mean, the government doesn't really recognize us as <laughs> producing anything. You know, we have for to, sure. like, create, like, real, real um, plans for ourselves. I agree that it's like this, I don't know, continual responsiveness to changing kind of current circumstances that are like, they feel very unpredictable. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of, because we were talking a little bit about hustling, and I feel like that's a word that gets attached to a lot of life in New York, like, oh, you just got to hustle, you got to hustle, and it's like... I wonder, I mean, I don't know, I don't think that's exactly what you mean by that, but I wonder if... I think that's part of it. You think that's part of it? Yeah. I yeah. think you, I mean, yeah, changing the 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 um, the painting or changing your life 
to make it work is, I mean, that's the hustle. Right. I mean, it's, hustle might have a negative connotation, but <laughs> also I think it's, I don't know, I think it's accurate. Yeah, well, it makes me think about, like, what if, because I was thinking about what is, what is New York for artists now if there is, if Bohemia is, like, just a mirage or if it's just something that we're trying to recreate in different ways, like, what is, what's, what is here for artists now? Like, when artists get here and they, and if they did come here for for Bohemia, they realize it's not here, um, then what what are we staying for really or like what are what are we here for and i think we talked a little bit about your motivations as wanting to stay here is like your connections the people that you've the community that you've built here um and i yeah i wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that yeah i mean um once you come here and you realize that it's harder than you thought it was gonna be um you really find yourself attached to the people who are also coming to that realization and then you're like okay so how do we console each other yeah (laughs) yeah but also i think um one thing i remember talking to a friend of mine when i had first come to new york city was that and he was an older artist already and he was like you know it's a battle of attrition it's really like People will find other things that are important to them, and they'll leave. Hmm. And if you hang out long enough, <laughs> yeah, it'll be all right. Like, if you hang out long enough, maybe something will happen. But I, I don't know yet. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's happened. <laughs> I mean, I'm always inspired by by the stories of artists who just, who kind of do that. They keep doing their own thing. Yeah. They do their own thing. And sometimes in their 60s, 70s, yeah. like, people recognize their work and... Yeah, but is that a mirage? We won't know until... I know, that's true. You don't know. I mean... Right. We, we were fooled by this whole... Maybe... <laughs> already. I, I don't know if the... Yeah. I'm willing to wait. I mean, I, I feel like I'm yeah. already in. I guess in my, in my fantasy, in my uh-huh. mirage, the work itself for these people. And I think who's, there are two women um, that... Who that you know of? Two yeah, artists? two artists that are... I'm blanking on their names right now. Um, one is a figurative artist, and she painted from, like, the f- mm-hmm. 40s. Oh, Alice Neal. Oh, okay. Alice Neal. Yeah. There we yeah. go. I love Alice Neal. Yeah. Um, that maybe the work itself is is somehow satisfying enough to keep it yeah. going. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a struggle, but yeah, I mean, it's not just the waiting for... Yeah, I mean, ideally, that's self-generating, right? Yeah. Like, that's pushing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's Tom Niskowski, I think, is like mm-hmm. that, too. Like, he didn't, like, people didn't know him until he was older. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was thinking Alice Neal's work also was all about the people interactions right. with the people in her community, right, in her neighborhood. Right, right. It's yeah. yeah. So it was in a same I'm wondering way. if on that path, though, you just become an alcoholic and a drug addict, and somehow well, that's, you... <laughs> that's where the attrition thing comes into play again. Like people will just fall out, but then if you're able to stay sober long, I see. <laughs> I see. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, you can function. You're a functional. Um, what is it? Functional addict. alcoholic. Well, yeah. Any yeah. addict. Like any functional addict. addict. I think it's functional okay. addict. I see. Right. <laughs> so just keep rolling with the punches. Keep adjusting. Yeah, that. that was the other thing I remember as a as a tip was like just hang out. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. hang out like you know it's a battle of attrition and just hang out mm. and be able to drink a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe something will happen I see. and then uh, hopefully at the in the middle of hanging out you're making some good work mm. right um, hopefully i'm wondering about kind of the work that you do you actually have an exhibition opening tonight yes. at the drawing center yeah it's very exciting i'm excited yeah. It's uh yeah, it's gonna be cool, I think. Um there's some really good artists that are are gonna be opening there tonight. Um so yeah. Um, Does it have a name or do you know what time or like what, yeah, what are the dates that are that it's, it's gonna be open all month, so oh, okay. um, I think it closes November sixth, probably. Okay. But tonight also, um, like Cecily Brown's having her first museum solo show oh wow there tonight so oh it's gonna cool. be a party wow that's exciting <laughs> so browns and the main floor and then um olga i can't see her last name she's but she she there's another artist who has an um exhibition in the lab in the back on the top floor of the drawing center and um my stuff's in the bottom so okay. <laughs> <laughs> with a, a that's for last. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They, they put all the troublemakers on the bottom, which is fine. Right. I'd rather be right. in the troublemaker. Well, area. artists are troublemakers, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There so as long as you're able to stay functionally addicted, it's fine. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I guess I was wondering whether some of these ideas that we talked about in the meeting yeah. and are talking about now, do you feel like they play into your artwork? Yeah, I mean, uh, like being like flexible. And being um, committed, mm-hmm. I think that's all um, in the studio. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if my work is cool. Like, and I don't like. I don't think people think it's cool. So, like, like cool, like trendy, or what yeah, do you mean? Like oh, okay. I don't think it's like a thing that like people. I don't know. That's just like a, maybe that's just what everyone thinks. <laughs> like the <laughs> self doubt, but mm-hmm. like I just don't think like people are going to, I don't know, I'm just, but I'm sticking to my guns, and I've yeah. been sticking to my guns for a long time now, like, this is just what I do, um, and it, it's flexible also, but I still have, I know my skills, like, what I I can, like, what my voice is, is very particular, and um, I'm good with that, I don't yeah. know. Well, we certainly hope that you do stick with it, and we hope that people <laughs> who listen to this go see your show. Yeah, come on out. Um, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, radio's cool. Radio is cool. Okay, good. <laughs> um, our next meeting will be in November with artist Jenny Lee and Zariel Waters. We're still working on the details. Make sure to visit our website for updates on the date, venue, and time. I'm Sonia Derman. I'm Maria Stabio. And today we spoke with Eric Ramos Guerrero. Music on this episode is titled Is It Me You Really Love by Black Velvet and Disappointed by Morrissey. This is 2MF on Clock Tower Radio, clocktower.org.